Well, hey there, this is Keith. Listen, before we start the episode today, I just wanted to take a moment and speak directly to anyone who might be listening who's still in the closet. Well, the first thing I want to tell you is that's perfectly okay. Do what is best for you when it is best. Never let anyone else pressure you in this decision. But let's say that you are thinking about coming out, or there's a part of you that really does want to come out, but you want to do so very carefully, very slowly, very strategically, and even very selectively. Well, if that's you, my friend, I've got you covered. I want you to go to the show notes and use a link there to check out my Selective Outage Method digital course. I think you're going to be surprised, and I believe it'll help you as you plan your coming out. All right, let's get on with the podcast. Well, hello there, and welcome to Coffee with Keith. I'm your host, Father Keith Brown, also known as the Buy Guy. And my mission in life, as well as the mission of this podcast, is to help my LGBTQIA Christian family heal their church trauma, create healthy and happy relationships, and construct authentic and affirming faith if they desire. So if that's you, guess what? You're in the right place. You are truly welcome here, I promise. Now, a couple disclaimers, if I may. Number one, the views expressed in this program are either the views of myself or my guests and they should be considered as such. Number two, I am not a licensed therapist, nor am I a medical professional. So if you need either of those services, please do consult a licensed professional. Otherwise, grab a cup of coffee, have a seat at my table, and let's chat on this episode of Coffee with Keith. Hello, my friend, and welcome to Coffee with Keith. I'm Keith Brown, and I'm so glad that you could tune in to this week's episode of the Friday's Bible Talks. And I want to set this up by telling you a little bit about how I came to the text today. If you've been with me in this podcast for any length of time, you know that we have been working through the book of Acts. And I love this book, and I love the journey that we've been on, but I did take a couple of weeks away from it during the Easter season to talk about the crucifixion, the resurrection, and rightly so. I mean, it is the crust of our faith, if you will. Uh, So I did do that. And then I had every intention of going back to the book of Acts this week and continuing our journey. But I began to read it, and I'll just be honest with you, it it just didn't speak to me this week. I, I, I just didn't get really I don't know, get really excited about it. And and that's not to say there's anything wrong with the text. It's just my frame of mind or whatever. Um, maybe in my faith system, it had to do with maybe God had me pointed in a different direction. And so what I did is I decided to go to the lectionary. And you may or may not know what that is, but if you don't, it's a group of texts that the church around the world uses on a weekly basis to read. And there'll be an Old Testament, um, a New Testament epistle. There is uh, the psalm that they read and a gospel reading. And this is typically done in most of the more sacramental churches. And so I went to that to see you know, what the scriptures were for this particular Sunday on the heels of this Friday. And I read them all, and I came to the epistle reading for this particular Sunday. And, you know, it just, it really spoke to me. And I want to share with you the text, and then I want to share with you a few thoughts, if I may, in relation to it. It comes from the book of First Peter, chapter 2, verses uh, 19 through twenty. 5, 19 through 25. 
But let me just set it up first, because we're basically talking in this section contextually, Peter is talking about authority and how we who are children of God are also under authority, whether it be a government authority or, you know, even in this case, some slavery and ownership. Uh, there is authority and we need to submit to that authority. So that's sort of the context in which this comes. But then he gets on a very interesting discussion of Jesus. And there's something he says in this that I think is very apropos, especially for those that are part of the LGBTQIA plus community. So I want to start with with verse 19 and read through the end of the chapter, verse 25, and then share with you a little bit about what I mean. For this is a gracious thing, when mindful of God, one endures sorrows while suffering unjustly. For what credit is it when you sin or beaten for it, you endure? But if we, but if when you do good and suffer for it, you endure. This is gracious thing in the sight of God. For to do this you have been called, because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you as an example, so that you might follow in his steps. He committed no sin, neither was deceit found in his mouth. When he was reviled, he did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but continued entrusting himself to him who justly judges. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed, for you were straying like sheep, but have now returned to the shepherd and observer of your souls. Amen. So as you see at the very end of that section, there is the discussion of sheep and shepherd, and that is a very high theme in the lectionary's readings for this particular Sunday that we are fast approaching. And I would say probably it's very likely that pastors all over the world will be preaching about the sheep and the shepherd on this coming Sunday. But as I read this and I look at it, there's another underpinning of a theme there that that jumps off the page at me. And it has to do with righteous suffering. If we look at it here, Peter has told us to submit to authority, and when we are doing right and that authority attacks us or we suffer under that authority, then we should at least you know, be mindful that God loves us and God is there for us and God strengthens us, and that we, you know, basically that's going to happen. But then he gives the example of Jesus, saying that Jesus, sinless and without any blame on his lips— took the lashing upon his body and the hanging on the tree for you and for me. Jesus suffered greatly when, truthfully, he didn't deserve it. And as I look at that and I think about this idea of suffering, this idea of hurting, being hurt, being attacked, being judged unjustly, I have to basically take my canon of experience to this text. I admit that. I admit that I am bringing my life and my experiences and my um, treatment in the world to this story. And this is how. For you see, in my life, I am a defender of LGBTQIA plus rights. And 
the rights to be Christian. That's right. I'm an affirming person. I affirm the queer community and I affirm the Christian community. I affirm that we can be both. And as you might expect, I get attacks on the daily. I get attacks from the Christian community, Christian community, and I'm using air quotes here, who come at me and say, oh, if you are queer or you are okay or you affirm anyone who is queer, then you are a heretic and you are destined for hell and you are a horrible person. And they, in my case, they attack me on a daily basis. I mean, I get some of the ugliest comments and some of the ugliest names you can imagine. And if you do that, if you if you tell people that they can be Christian and gay, you're going to get attacked too by the church. Not everybody in the church, thank goodness, there are affirming churches and affirming Christians, but the majority of the church is going to come against you. But here's the other thing. I also get attacked daily from the queer community. Why? Because I tell people it's okay to be queer and Christian. And they tell me that I am bringing life to something that is oppressive to queer people. And therefore, I'm a horrible person by telling the person they should have faith or they can have faith and be queer. I shouldn't be leading them down the road to Christendom. I shouldn't be telling them that it's okay that they love Jesus and be queer as well. So I get attacked from both the queer community and the church community. And if you are one like me who does this work or is one of these people who believes in God and follows Christ and also has uh, an identity within the queer community, you yourself are going to be attacked for that as well. But here's the thing. When I think about suffering and I read this text, it reminds me that Jesus suffered unjustly. And if Jesus suffered unjustly, why in the world would I think that I wouldn't ever suffer unjustly? Now, to be honest, nobody wants to suffer. None of us want to experience this, but it's going to come. So there's some things that I just want to remind myself, and I would invite you to tag along with me as I remind myself of these things when I am dealing with people coming against me and judging me and rebuking me and even, I say, hurting me. These are the things that I want to remind myself of. Number one, sometimes suffering is indicative of right. Let me say that again. Sometimes suffering is indicative of right. That's right. Sometimes when we are on the right path, sometimes when we are doing the right thing, sometimes when we are doing good work, when we are standing up for what is just and right, which is right, we will be attacked. Especially if it goes against the power and authority of those who are often considered authority in this area. So I take comfort in that, knowing that when I am trying to be loving and caring and supportive, and I get attacked for that, 
then that tells me I'm on the right road. Because sometimes when we disrupt things for the right reason and the right cause, then people respond very badly and negatively toward us. Think about Jesus. He was such a radical person. He was trying to flip the establishment, saying what was should not be what is. And he was hated for it. But he was speaking truth. And he was trying to draw people back to a more intimate and personal and real relationship with God, with the Father. And he was persecuted for it. So that's the first thing I remind myself of. Keith, sometimes when you get hit the hardest by people, it is because you are doing the right thing. The second thing I have to remind myself of is this, number two. Everything is not worth a battle. In other words, every single thing that comes up is not a battle I have to fight. There are times when people will do things or say things or come at me and you, and we don't have to respond. We don't have to give them anything. We don't even have to acknowledge it. Because I believe that we have to make a conscious decision. We have to understand there are times when what we say and what we do and how we respond is going to be fruitful, and there are times when it isn't. Basically, I'm saying, pick your battles. Pick your battles. And not every fight is one we should make or take part in. Number three, make sure I'm responding the right way. It is very tempting when someone attacks us, when we suffer at the hands of the words or the actions of another person, our most natural human instinct, I think, drives us into one of two places. Number one, it drives us into silence or it drives us into attack. And I'll be honest with you, I've been guilty of both. For instance, in the realm of LGBTQIA plus community and my belief and my own identity and how I associate that with faith. For a lot of my life and career, I was trying to serve God, doing the the calling that I felt on my life, and I was having to operate in very non-affirming spaces. And quite honestly, a lot of my life, a non-affirming society where it was not okay to be out and gay across the board. And therefore, for me to operate and do the good work that I had been called to do, many times I had to go mute when it came to this particular issue. And when people were saying ugly things and, in essence, attacking me personally, I had to stay quiet to receive that ugliness and not respond. And I'm going to tell you, that is a very hard place to be. And that went on for a very long time in my life and in my career. And I had to basically suck it up and just hear it and listen to it. So that's one of the ways we respond. Even now, if somebody attacks us, we can choose to say nothing and do nothing. And there are times that's okay, but there are times we do it out of a fear or a defense. 
Then the second option is one that I see a lot today, to be honest with you. And that is people responding in a very aggressive and a hateful way. For instance, if somebody lobs an attack against us and they attack us, quite honestly, in our human frail frailness as a human being, our natural inclination is to get them back, to basically punch them back in the, in the nose, right? That's, that's what we want to do. You hurt me, I'm going to turn around and hurt you. You attack me, I'm going to turn around and attack you. That's the way that many of us in our natural being want to respond. And I'm going to be honest with you. I've done that too. There have been times in my life when I have responded very negatively toward another person. I responded back in a very hateful and somewhat angry fashion. But then I have to think, how does God want me to respond? And how did Jesus most often respond? Now, I know that Jesus spoke truth. Jesus said what needed to be said. Even when he flipped the tables in the temple and told them about their disobedience and their taking advantage of these poor pilgrims, Jesus had a point and Jesus was standing for right. But in Jesus' overall character and most of Jesus' walk and teaching and interaction with people, especially people who were trying to do good, trying to be good people. Jesus had a strong compassion, a strong love and concern for them. And Jesus had forgiveness. Now, I'm not saying that everyone who attacks us deserves our respect. Well, I guess they do to some degree. They, they, they deserve our love, our Christian compassion and love. And here's the thing. I believe this for from the I, I believe this with every part of my being. The best way to impact other people with your message and with your truth is to live it and to speak it kindly. To undergird everything you are and everything you do with love. Realizing that sometimes those people who hurt us are indeed people who are hurting. I know, again, I know it's very natural for us to want to lash out. I get it. Believe me, I get it. I am talking to the man in the mirror. I, I get it. But when I read texts like the one today, I have to ask myself, Am I responding the right way? Okay, so just to review, number one, sometimes attacks, suffering is indicative of our doing the right thing. Number two, we don't have to fight every fight. Choose your battle. Number three, make sure you are responding in a way that makes you look good, but more importantly, makes your Jesus look good. And by byproduct of that is, I think, in the long term, it's more productive. And then finally, number four, I have to remind myself that it's not always up to me. That I've got somebody in my corner 
that sometimes I forget as all power. God is with me. God is with you. And I have to remind myself sometimes, you know, Keith, you know what? You want to you want to take care of this. You want to convince these people of this or you want to you want to, you know, lash out or you want to change their mind or you want to do this or that or the other. And sometimes I have to remind myself, Keith, go to prayer. Spend time in prayer with God. And ask God to intervene in some of this stuff. And believe that God has the power to do so. Because sometimes I forget that. I forget that as a follower of Christ, I've got Christ on my team, so to speak. And there is no greater person to have in your corner. All right. Last word. You're going to suffer. I'm going to suffer. Jesus suffered. This life, you can't get out of it without hurting and being, going through times of suffering and, I would dare say, times of being attacked. It's just part of life. So the question is, how are we going to deal with it? Something to contemplate, don't you think? Heal your hurts, move your mountains, and may God truly bless you. Bye-bye, my friend. Well, there you go, my friend. This episode of Coffee with Keith. Thank you, thank you, thank you from the bottom of my heart for listening. Now, please stick around. One more announcement I want to give you. God bless you. See you next time.